Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the NFL show, uh, Week 7 Recap, Week 8 Preview. Um, my name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. Excited to, uh, you know, talk some more football. Last week, the games weren't great. A lot of low scoring, a lot of not super close games. But, you know, I'm still excited to look forward to this week and see what we got coming up. Yeah, I thought I... I honestly thought that we were kind of due for uh, another solid week uh, last week. But uh, as I was mentioning, we were, you know, really picking over 500. We were doing well. Uh, We had a very, very, very bloody Sunday Uh, across the however many picks we made. I think there was 30, we make 30 picks. One, two, three, four. Okay, 13. So 26 picks. Jeremy and I uh, combined for six correct picks. Uh, we both had Jags money line. I had Giants plus two. We both hit the under in the Miami versus Philly game, which was 51 and a half. And then Jeremy hit the under uh, in the uh, Rams versus Steelers game as well, which was 43 and a half. Uh, we got absolutely fucking rinsed. This was a very, very tough week. It's been a tough week for me in general because the Phillies uh, obviously blew that lead against the Diamondbacks and are now out of the contention for the World Series. Uh, we had a terrible game or a terrible Sunday of games, uh, and we're going to go ahead and break some of those down for you. We're going to go kind of quick today. Uh, I kind of have a packed schedule today, and I know Jeremy needs to uh, do some other things as well. So we'll start with Jag Saints, 31 to 24 final score. Uh, Jags, the underdog, went to uh, the Mercedes Benz Superdome and mm-hmm absolutely dominated the saints the jags were of course the uh underdog in this one so it was nice to see them get the win uh saints played really well kamara looked absolutely fantastic uh etienne again just continuing his domination the past couple weeks he had two scores um christian kirk's emerged as the wide receiver one again in jacksonville calvin ridley really playing sort of a joker role he only had one catch uh for five yards which was very concerning. Um, like I mentioned, Kamara really threatening on the uh, receiving. It's just a hitch that he runs every single time, and he had 12 catches in this one. Uh, he also added 62 on the ground. Taysom Hill got into the end zone. But the real story is the fact that the Saints could have probably tied this one up, and Foster Moreau uh, had a drop that was unfortunate, but I think we were kind of happy about it because we both had the jags uh on the pod i know later on in the day you had swapped to the saints correct yeah i was all sorts of conflicted i was jags and i was saints and i was maybe i just do the total maybe i just do player props you know how some of those thursdays go you start looking at the lines and you just start confusing yourself yeah i think um excuse me i just had a sip of water i think um honestly you're better off picking your winner for the Thursday night games uh, earlier on in the week. I mean, right now we're recording Thursday morning, so you know we'll see how, how we go on the box bills. But um, the earlier you look at it and the less you factor into the pick, I think the better off you are because once you start to overthink the Thursday night and even the, the Monday night games, those primetime games are super weird. This was one of the only ones we've had so far this season that was really high scoring and, and honestly genuinely entertaining. So... I was happy that we got that. It's a shame it was between these two teams who I still, you know, I really don't rate the Jags all that much. I think um, people are starting to get high on them and I'm, I'm not quite there yet. 
And then the Saints, I mean, they, they put in all this offensive work and then just cannot get it done at any point. Uh, they're three and four, Jags five and two now. Uh, good win, I'm sure that uh, Doug Peterson and the Jaguars front office are happy with it, but, you know, it, it could have been a loss just as easily as it was a win. <clears throat> okay, Falcons 16, Buccaneers 13, Bijan Robinson, Headache Gate uh, being the uh, lead storyline here. I mean, he got one carry for three yards. Uh, unfortunately, some of us bet on him. Uh, to score a touchdown. There was no sort of indication that he was injured, that he was sick, uh, that he wouldn't be getting uh, a full amount of run in the team, and, and he just didn't. Tyler Algier was was the guy they were really using, and then they used Cordero Patterson there towards the end. He had 10 carries in like the third and fourth quarter, which was just sickening to watch. Uh, they're not using Bijan the right way. Somehow or another, they still managed to win. Uh, Desmond Ritter did not throw any interceptions but he did fumble three times so the guy just loves to turn the ball over regardless uh i think they fell on top of two of them and, and they didn't wind up turning over but um the bucks still won the turnover battle in the game and, and they just weren't able to to win uh baker threw a pick threw a touchdown mike evans got into the end zone had a decent game uh but this was kind of a defensive struggle and these two defenses i think are very solid uh, Bucks three and three, Falcons four and three. I don't know what you think, but it's looking like the Falcons are kind of the team to beat in that division, even though they stink. I was gonna say if you can even call them a team, to they beat, they yeah. stink. Like yeah. they're not good. I think I don't know if they're a good bad team or a bad good team, but I'm not scared of them. Yeah, I think yeah, I they're I think at best they're a good bad team. Um, but yeah, I mean that game stank. Uh, neither team wanted to score. The whole world got lied to about Bijan. Arthur Smith, known fantasy football hater, breaking the rules of the NFL. It's not even a fantasy football thing. So um, we'll see if there's any um, punishment to come for him down the line. Um, I'm sure there won't be because the NFL doesn't care unless it's a player. Um, but there should be some sort of fine, if not suspension, because you do have to disclose those injuries. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a huge thing. Uh, okay, Raiders, Bears, Tyson Bajan, first start. First win, 162 and a touchdown. Real stories, uh, De Deontay Foreman, who went absolutely ballistic. Uh, he had a receiving touchdown as well as two and 90 yards on the ground. Uh, I think Bajan looked really, really good. Uh, they let him run a couple of times. He's just going to be more of a game manager uh, than Justin Fields is. And believe it or not, I don't think he's going to make as many fucking mistakes uh, as as Bajan, or as uh, Justin Fields makes. It's crazy to say, but I think the Bears genuinely are a better team with him uh, slinging the rock. They're 2-5 and five now. This was a huge win against the Raiders, who, I don't know, they had three in a row, and then now they go ahead and do this. Uh, Brian Hoyer, under center, 129, two picks. Josh Jacobs failed to get anything done. Devontae Adams had a great first quarter, but then trailed off. Jacoby Myers got into the end zone. Um, but this Raiders team is just somewhat shambolic uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's like, do they just start Aiden O'Connell? Brian Hoyer looked terrible. Jimmy G has a shattered back. Um, Max Crosby is out there just giving everything he has as much as he can. Uh, but I don't think that's really going to be enough for the Raiders to to compete. They they just lost to the Chicago Bears for fuck's sake. And that's a terrible, terrible defense. So, I don't know. I don't know what the Raiders are going to do moving forward. I don't know if they just 
throw the ball downfield to Devontae Adams and see if they can, you know, score more points or not. But they're just, they're not scoring at an effective clip whatsoever. And losing to the Bears, if you lose to the Bears, your season is, is done. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the good news for the Raiders is that Jimmy G is allegedly coming back this week. I can't say I've been keeping up with his health status super close as it doesn't really affect much in our lives. But yeah, he is supposed to play this week. Um, and I do have to give a shout out to Deontay Foreman um, for saving my relationship with my mother. I have her, I drafted her fantasy team this year, <laughs> two and four. Um, wasn't looking great. Her All her running backs were hurt. DeMont, James Conner, both injured. And then I, what did I know? I picked up, I picked up for him. He scores three touchdowns down the favorite son again. So yep. we're, we're good. We're good there. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic news. Good on you. Um, okay. Cleveland 39, Colts 38, Colts three and four Browns now four and two. It took a miracle for the Browns to win this game. Uh, and unfortunately they got it. There were some extremely suspect calls at the end of the game and the NFL's come out and already said, maybe some of those calls were not correct. Uh, Philip Walker was in the game for a majority of it. Uh, Deshaun Watson got injured very early threw a pick was on the sideline, still had his helmet on, but didn't ever come back into the game. Uh, run game. Fantastic through Jerome Ford and Kareem hunt. Kareem hunt got into the end zone twice. Jerome Ford, uh, had a 67 yard or 69 yard, uh, touchdown run to open the scoring for the game. I thought this was kind of just one of the most insane games I've ever seen. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got more carries him and Zach Moss split, uh, 36 carries total down the middle at 18 apiece. Uh, JT got into the end zone. Pittman got in on a broken tackle. Josh Downs had a really long touchdown as well. Um, but the biggest story I think is honestly Miles Garrett. Uh, he had two forced fumbles. He jumped over to block a kick. Uh, he was just game wrecking and the Colts still put up 38 points because Gardner Minshew had the game of his career. 305 through the air two touchdowns through the air, and two rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, Browns defense just couldn't cope with Minshew. They did a decent job of stopping everybody else. But Jesus, God, this was just an overfest points galore uh, and honestly really entertaining. It's it's unfortunate that it was decided by a bad call, but uh, this was kind of un- like surprisingly the game of the 1 p.m. window. Yeah, no, this was a fun watch. Um, and RIP Jerome Ford, he's yeah, injured. Yeah, that. he's done. He'll be back in like a week or two, they said, but not playing anytime soon. But yeah, I also was genuinely surprised um, at the pace and like the rate that these teams were scoring. I mean, I just went back and checked the play-by-play. The amount of possessions in this game is actually insane. They had they had 12 punts, and yet both teams combined for 80 points. I mean, the pace of play was phenomenal, um, and it was a fun watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, Commander 7, Giants 14. This was like my money line pick of the week. I knew the Giants would come out and play well, and they did. Uh, Tyrod Taylor under center, 279, two touchdowns. Saquon had a great game on the ground, 77 yards. Also got into the end zone uh, on like a 23-yard touchdown pass from Tyrod. Uh, Darren Waller emerged. He had 98 and a score. Jalen Hyatt had two long catches, totaled 75 yards. Defense played really, really well for the Giants. Uh, they're now two and five, and I don't think are a threat really to any other uh, competent teams. But it was nice to see them uh, sort of scheme and and actually play a football game instead of just letting up a million points. Uh, the Commanders, Sam Howell, two forty nine, an interception. Uh, they just couldn't establish the run game pretty much at all. 
uh, Brian Robinson did get into the end zone, but a majority of their offense came uh, through Terry McLaurin, who had 90 yards on six catches. It just it didn't seem like the commanders really showed up. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on with them. They've looked really good at points, looked really bad at points. They stayed in that game uh, with the Eagles. They got smoked by the Bills, got smoked by the Bears. I don't know what to like what to make of this team, but I I don't think they're they're really all that frisky. After the first couple of weeks, I thought ah maybe maybe they'll be all right. But Sam Howell's been sacked more at this point this season uh, than any other quarterback in history, and he's on on pace to shatter this like being sacked record by like sixty sacks. So until they get him some protection, I don't. I don't really see how the commanders can can score a shit ton of points and win football games. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the sack stat is alarming, and it was hysterical when I was reading that as well. It's like, is it is it partially his fault? Like, is he just standing back there forever? Is it nah, just the I, line? I think I it's know. I think it's a majority of the line. He's reckless, but I think it a lot of it comes down to the line. Yeah, but like you said, they don't. I don't know. They just some weeks they're really good, some weeks they're really bad, and at the end of the day, more times than not, it's been the really bad, which is kind of disappointing. Um, but it was good for the Giants to see them actually utilize their best weapons. I mean, imagine that this tight end they signed, who was supposed to be their best player, now finally leads the team in receiving yards and got a touchdown. All it took was getting Danny Dimes out of there for them to realize that they should start using Darren Waller, Saquon healthy. I know you like that. Yeah. Um, so that's good news as well. Um. So they might, you know, they might rattle off a couple more wins down the line here, but they're not making the playoffs, and it sucks to be a Giants fan because I know they had high hopes coming in this year. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Ravens 38, Detroit 6. Uh, this one was wild. Both of these teams now 5-2. and two. Um, All I will say is a lot of the money was on the Lions going into this one, and at the last minute I flipped my pick and took the Ravens because I knew uh, something something suspect was was going to happen and it did <laughs> lamar looked like uh, randall cunningham i mean 357 three touchdowns through the air rushed one in as well gus edwards <laughs> had the game of his career 64 yards rushing in a touchdown he also had an 80 yard pass uh <laughs> which was nuts uh mark andrews returning to form Four catches for 63 yards and two scores. Aguilar got in on like a 20-second play that broke down. Lamar found him in the back of the end zone. Uh, really impressive and and just well done to Lamar to keep his composure there. Zay Flowers had another nice game. And the defense just absolutely mangled the Lions. Uh, Goff had 284 in an interception. A majority of that came in garbage time. Gibbs had 68 yards rushing in a touchdown. He also had 58 yards through the air on nine catches. Great fantasy performance for Gibbs, but uh, the Lions offense just could not get going. St. Brown, garbage time, king, 13 catches for 102 yards. Uh, and that defense just let the uh, Ravens offense stomp all over them. This is going to open some questions up about the Lions. I still think they're going to win that division. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I still think they're they're a decent team, but... This was like shades of the old Lions where they just go out on the road against a team that's in the entire opposite division and they just get fucking smoked. Yeah, um, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I do think they win the division uh, with the way they've been playing. Uh, I mean, the Vikings did sneak out a big win this last week as well, but I still think the Lions have a pretty handy advantage going into that. But this was like 
the prime example of everyone criticizes Jared Goff on the road and how the line, how he never wins on the road. He's only good at home. And he doesn't. And win. I mean, I, they lost by thirty, and that's what concerns me for the playoffs. It's not so much about them getting in, but when you all your first game, you know, is an away game. Um, you got to go play the birds or something on the road, and you know Jared Goff stinks on the road. Like you. It kind of is a bad feeling as an organization going into that game, knowing our quarterback sucks on the road for some reason. And here we go with our first playoff game in however many years it'll be. And they're probably going to be on the road. Yeah. All right. Tell us about the next couple. Uh, Bills 25, Pats 29. What the fuck is wrong with the Bills, Jeremy? Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I'm i a Josh Allen guy. I know our group is pretty split 50-50 Josh Allen guys versus not Josh Allen guys. But he... I don't know. This was just another reckless Josh Allen performance. Just not like, I don't know, not hitting the easy, easy throws, not going through his progressions. It was like the whole backyard football that got him in trouble. What was that week one against the Jets? The Jets, yeah. Um, It's like, it's like he just forgets to keep the reins on sometimes. And it's not good. You also can't give up 29 points to the Pats. Let's not let's not forget that. I mean, the Patriots scored zero touchdowns the last three weeks prior. It was like 11 quarters or something it spanned. And then you give up 29 points. That also cannot happen. So that's that's on the defense. But for the for the Bills, Josh Allen still did have 250 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Dalton Kincaid emergence. He was the leading receiver for the Bills. Um, Dawson Knox also out for the foreseeable future with wrist surgery. So we might see, you know, some of that new young tight end action. I mean, he was first-round pick for a reason, so he might get involved. Pretty quiet day for Stefan, uh, 60 yards and a touchdown. But for the Pats, uh, Mac Jones played best game we've seen in, year. I don't know, at least a year. Um, 275 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and the receiving end, nobody did anything crazy, just a bunch of guys with 50-plus yards. Um, and then... On the ground, they continue to stink on the ground. I mean, Ramondre only had 30 yards on the ground. Zeke actually had more carries than him, and he also finished with only 30 yards on the ground. So for a team that the past, you know, probably four or five years has prided themselves on their ability to run the ball, they have not done it at all this year. No, I mean, it's been it's been really, really bad, honestly, for the Bills. It's looking like Singletary and uh, last year with Damian Harris, like, or sorry, not Damian Harris, uh, Singletary and... Who else was there? I guess James Cook was there last year. Uh, that was a better backfield than the one they have right now. James Cook is just entirely allergic to the end zone. Um, Allen's turnovers are just not good. And I don't know, man. The Bills are seeming like they're lacking some sort of discipline. I mean, I think McDermott is a really good coach, but things just look really bad losing to the pats is catastrophic it's a division game they suck i mean they have just looked horrific this year uh losing to them especially in the way that they did is just fucking awful i mean they let mac jones go down the field uh and lead them to a touchdown there at the end that was that was horrible especially when you let mike gasicki do the gritty on you i mean it's just it's crippling to watch and he's still committed to the that terrible gritty that i know that he does on purpose but it it doesn't get any easier to watch when it happens okay um cardinals 10 seahawks 20 um kind of a stinky game seahawks improved to four and two um gino decent performance 219 two scores uh kenneth walker went over 100 wasn't able to get in the end zone 
Jack Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo filled in for DK Metcalf. Uh, both of those got it. Guys got into the end zone. Both had four catches for about sixty yards on a score. Uh, defense played really well against a Cardinals team that honestly has been really, really good in the first half this year. It's looking like maybe the Cardinals now at one and six uh, are becoming the full tank team that we expected. Uh, they played spoiler against the Cowboys in week two. I think that was week two. Um, and, and, you know, it was weird. People were like, are the Cardinals good? Are they not good? Uh, they're definitely not a good football team. Uh, Josh Dobbs, not really getting the job done as well as he was. Um, he's, he's still like rushing, uh, for about 40 yards every game. And he's gotten into the end zone a couple of times, but, uh, this team is just not, not good whatsoever. And I think, um, the spread was kind of weird. We, we didn't take it. Uh, I think I stuck with the over or the under. I thought it'd be a shootout, but it wasn't. Uh, 20 to 10 final score, really kind of not a fun watch. Yeah, I agree. Not a fun watch for anyone, unless you're a Seahawks fan, I guess. Maybe you yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, the good news for the Cardinals, although it could be bad news since they are trying to tank, is that Kyler Murray's been a full participant of practice this week. Yep. Um, so we might get to see him back on the football field, which could be exciting, I guess. Um, I mean, he is an exciting player when he's out there if he's actually going to be trying and running because I know they had that whole don't run thing going on for the like the last time he played. Um, so I am excited to see that, to see if he's actually, uh, A, healthy, and B, is he giving up on football? Uh, like, you know, Deshaun Watson style, hasn't played in a year and a half and doesn't care anymore, or is he actually going to go out there and try and ball out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He got his contract already, right? So there's not really any point in him going out there and... and putting his balls to the wall. It's kind of the same thing with Deshaun, you know, like you mentioned, it's, it's almost exactly the same because Kyler hasn't played in it's we're coming up on a year. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, Crazy. if we're pretty close, if not one or two weeks past it, it feels like at this point. Yeah. It's wild. I, mean, I, feel like, I, I feel like I don't even remember the last time I saw that guy on a football field. I do. It was the 28 second two point conversion attempt against the Raiders last year. That is my last um, memory of uh, of Kyler Murray, which is insane that I remember that, but I do. Okay, Steelers 24, Rams 17. Uh, the underdog go to SoFi and defeat the Los Angeles Rams. I thought this was a smash spot for the Rams. Reminded me a lot of that Niners line uh, in week one where the Niners were only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought the Rams had this one in the bag, but they just didn't show up. Um, they were leading the game up until the third quarter when Pittsburgh, uh, unleashed a barrage of point scoring. Uh, Kenny Pickett did not throw any touchdown passes, but Najee Harris did get into the end zone. Jalen Warren got into the end zone as well. And Kenny Pickett scored a rushing touchdown, uh, zero yards, by the way, zero yard rushing touchdown. Um, insane stuff, honestly, uh, that the Steelers won this game. They, they, Covered easily, one by seven points. Uh, I, dude, this is another team, the Rams. Like, I am not sure if they're good or they're bad. I don't know how you can have a receiver going for 154 on eight catches and not win the game. Uh, clearly, the Steelers' defense was was not guarding your essentially biggest weapon. Cup didn't do anything. They let Puka go insane. And maybe it comes down to the fact that they're they're not, you know, they're not allowing two guys to get open in the secondary and they're just covering cup and he's kind of your, your scoring wide receiver and Puka's kind of just the yardage guy. But 
in terms of field position, I feel like they they were in a decent spot enough times to score more points than 17, and they just didn't get it done. So I, I don't know what's going on with the Rams. I thought they were decent after the first couple of weeks, and now I'm kind of um, wondering, you know, is this team actually threatening, or are they just here to play spoiler against some of these bigger teams? Yeah, I'm confused about that as well, because Stafford's healthy now, Cubs yep. back to being healthy. I mean, this is essentially how they won the Super Bowl. Um, and they added Puka, who has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it either. I don't know where the shortcoming is. Um, I don't know what changed. Because on paper, they should be good. I mean, no other rookie's doing what Puka's doing. Nope. Um, I mean, Jordan Addison did it this week, but that's one time. Um, yeah. He's been doing this every week. So, I, yeah, I'm not really sure. One thing I am sure of, though, is that the Steelers do not deserve to be 4-2. No I way. Is what I'm looking at. Yeah, 100%. All right, tell us about Chargers 17, Chiefs 31. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess for starters, the Chargers stink. I mean, I don't know what is going on with them. Two and four, this drops them down. Two brings the Chiefs up to six and one, which is kind of what we've come to expect from Patrick Mahomes at this point. Um, this was a Patrick Mahomes masterclass. It feels like this might have been the first one we got all season, at least that I can recall off the top of my head. But he had 425 yards, four touchdowns. Um, 179 of those yards went to Travis Kelsey, and then I believe about 120 of those occurred during the first half. Um, he was absolutely cooking the whole um, Taylor Swift conspiracy is still alive and well ever since she's been coming to the games. The uh, Chiefs have been just steamrolling. But for the Chargers, Jay Herbo continues to be okay, um, but not great. Uh, 260 and a touchdown, but he did turn the ball over twice. Um, I guess you can attribute some of that to the fact that they couldn't stop the Chiefs, so they're trying to, you know, push the ball downfield and score points. But at the end of the day, you still got to take care of the football. Um, Josh Palmer, actually the leading receiver for uh, the Chargers and the most yards out of anyone that plays the receiver position in the game. He had 133 yards. Uh, leading rusher for the Chargers was Josh Kelly, which was surprising. Um, it's weird how when Austin Eckler plays, Josh Kelly is good. But when Austin Eckler doesn't play, Josh Kelly is terrible. Um, so that's something I found interesting. I don't know how you feel about uh, Eckler right now, but he mm. he hasn't he hasn't impressed me, and he's definitely not worth the whatever fourth pick draft stock he was in fantasy this year. Yeah, I mean he's just not getting into the end zone. Uh, they're not using him as much in the passing game uh, since he's come back from injury. This is two weeks in a row, I think that. He hasn't registered over five targets to the air. That's honestly where a lot of the bread and butter, you know, usage comes from, from for Austin Eckler. And they they rushed him 14 times pretty much right up the middle. He is not an HB dive guy. This is not how you use him. Uh, you need to use him getting to the outside, and they're not doing that. So I don't know if he's still banged up. If he is still banged up, then still the play calling doesn't make it excuse me, any sense for him. Um, we know that they are a extremely poorly coached team. I don't really think that surprises anybody at this point. I don't think anybody was surprised that they lost the Chiefs. Um, but it looked like for a minute, maybe it would be kind of competitive. I just, I don't know what's going on. People are starting to ask questions about Herbert. I still don't think it's his fault at all. I mean, he threw two picks, but when you watch Justin Herbert, there are throws that he makes that I don't think any other QB in the league, even including Pat, uh, can make and I just wish that he had a better coach and uh, it's it's really just not looking great for the Chargers now and I, that pick of Quentin Johnston is looking worse and worse by the day at this point so uh, they got to get they got to get Eckler back to cooking at, at, at full temp 
Um, might take a couple more weeks. Honestly, I, I wouldn't expect it to to start right now. Um, but it's it's looking very bleak for the Chargers, and it it kind of is like unfair that they have to be in that that division with the Chiefs because they would probably be a division winner in almost any other besides maybe the NFC West and East right now. Um, they would dominate any other division, and they just they have to deal with with you know Kansas City every year. And there's no way that the Chiefs aren't going to win a division. They're just too well coached, and they just have too many, too much talent. And the Chargers, just regardless of how much talent they have, just have a severe lack of of coaching prowess, and that's not going to change. Seemingly, he should be fired already, but he's not. So, yeah, okay. Um, that's the average Chargers recap every week, pretty much. Uh, Packers 17, Broncos 19. Jesus Christ. The Packers are so bad in the first quarter. It is insane. They're the worst first quarter or first half team that I've seen eh, probably ever. Um, Jordan Love finished with 180 and two touchdowns. Um, Aaron Jones just not getting used. Uh, He had three catches, eight carries. That's brutal. Uh, He's still injured, I guess. Uh, Romeo Dubes got into the end zone. Jaden Reed got into the end zone. When when the Packers throw the ball to their wide receivers close to the end zone, they score. But they they just they struggle so much to get the ball out of their own half of the field uh, in the first half. It's it's insane how much yardage, like well, really lack of yardage they register in first halves. I think they have to be the worst first half team uh, of the year. There's there's no doubt about that. And they let the Broncos win. The Broncos are two and five. Packers now two and four. Uh, Javante Williams had a great game. He had 80 yards. Cortland Sutton uh, is wide receiver one somehow or another. Jerry Judy just cannot get involved. Uh, he had Judy had 64 yards, but he's not a threat, you know, in the end zone. And Sutton really is. So, I, like, I don't know what happened here. The Broncos defense didn't play that well. I just think the Packers struggle so much to to move the ball up the field uh, early on in the game. And if they were to be able to get out to some more leads, I think maybe the Packers would be a more frisky team. Um, but until Jordan Love figures out how to establish uh, his game plan or, or whoever's game plan it is, uh, I don't I don't see the Packers being threatening whatsoever. This is really kind of tough to watch. Yeah, and while you were talking about that, it sparked up a Super Bowl winning idea from me. Some team out there, probably the Packers, it makes the most sense, where they should get Josh Dobbs from the cards, play him in the first half, the best first half quarterback in the league. Then we put in Jordan Love at halftime. They might win 12 games. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I, I just... I don't know if it's a mental block or if it's actually the play calling in the first half or what, but he doesn't seem to progress through his reads as effectively in the first half as he does in the second. It's it's super weird to watch. It's kind of a phenomenon. Uh and I'll I'll be, you know, keeping my eyes posted on it for the rest of the season, but I after the first couple of weeks, I thought maybe the Packers were going to be like an outside playoff dark horse and now they just they cannot get it done, even against the worst of the worst teams. Uh, okay, let's move on. Dolphins seventeen, Eagles thirty-one. Uh, Dolphins now five and two, Eagles six and one. Uh, Eagles have the best record in the league, uh, alongside the Kansas City Chiefs, um, with of course just that one loss to the Jets last week. 
Um, Tua, 216 in a touchdown, also threw a pick. Uh, the run game was non-existent for the Dolphins in this one. Uh, could not cope with that Eagles interior D-line. Um, Tyreek Hill had a nice game, 11 catches for 88 yards and a score. Should have been two scores, should have gone over 88, but he wasn't able to do it. Jalen Waddle was missed half the game with the back, I think. I think it was his back. He was like writhing in pain. Uh, still managed six catches for 63 yards. Uh, defense for the Dolphins did not play great. Gave up a ton of yardage on penalties, which we should say was a little bit suspect. Um, Eagles didn't get a single flag thrown on them the whole game. The Dolphins had what feels like 25. Um Really suspect officiating, a lot of ticky-tack stuff called on the Dolphins, and then nothing called on the Eagles. Really questionable. Um, I don't know what the money distribution was like in terms of, you know, our conspiracy theories on, on the game, um, but things didn't seem right here. I don't think the Eagles played that great. Jalen Hurts had 279 and two TDs, also threw a pick. Uh, Swift had 62 yards. Hertz rushed one in. Gainwell rushed one in. AJ Brown did have a really nice game. 10 catches for 137 yards on the score. Dallas Goddard wasn't on blocking duty. Had five catches for 77. He reminds me so like they use him so much like the Niners use Kittle. Uh, it's crazy. He reminds me of him so much. And then Smitty continuing to struggle a little bit. Only had 50 yards. Uh, Darius Slay had a pick. The, the defense did play well, but a majority of this just comes down to the fact that the Dolphins could not get a fucking break on calls. And uh, I think this game could have been a lot closer. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I am going to put my tin hat on here yeah. for a second. Um, so, yeah, the total flags was 10 to 0. Um, I'm sure everyone saw the blatant missed face mask on. I don't know which corner it was for the Eagles. But you might have saw it as well. Mike McDaniels put out a tweet thread, and then some other guy responded to it with some more research. The head officiant for the game, um, not only did he grow up just outside of Philly, like 40, 50 miles, but that's pretty common in the NFL. A lot of Yeah, a lot of Philly. Around yep. that area. So I let that slide. But he and his crew were banned from uh, refing the ACC championship. I forget what year it was. Because they were thought to have been, you know, essentially cheating hmm. um, as referees. And yet we're still letting him ref essentially his home team in the NFL. Something about that is a little fishy when the calls are 10 to 0 as well. But on a more controllable factor for the Dolphins, I am concerned about their play when they play these good teams. And I also have a theory that it may be when they only play up north because it is a little chillier here. Um, don't get me wrong, it's not freezing cold yet. But there are two games where they have failed to score points, Bills. Eagles, what are the two common denominators? Both teams have good defenses. Both teams play up north. So I don't know which factor it is. It could be a combination of both. But that does concern me come playoff time, especially um, if it's the weather factor and less the defense factor. Because you can always scheme up some plays for some Ty for Tyree Kill and get lucky once or twice. But if it is the weather factor, that could come heavily into play come to playoffs. So both of those things concern me. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens the next time they play a good defense. I'd love for them to prove me wrong because everyone likes watching their offense, but they just, uh, they didn't have it this week. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's move on to the last game of the week. 49ers 17 Vikings 22, a arrival party for Jordan Addison, seven catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. One of them 
was a pick that he stole back from a 49ers defender and ran into the end zone. He looked unbelievable. Kirk, with one of the best primetime performances of his life, 378, two touchdowns, did throw a pick, but it's Kirk Cousins. He's always due for a pick, especially against the ball-hawking Niners. Um, Madison, terrible game. Run game, non-existent again. Uh, Hawkinson had 11 catches for 86 yards. Brandon Powell uh, did a great job, I think, getting them down the field a couple of times on long uh, third down. Same thing with KJ Osborne. Um, the the offense for the Niner or for the the Vikings here looked awesome. Uh, Brock Purdy, on the other hand, looked quite human. Uh, two seventy two touchdown, uh, two interceptions. Concussed now, of course. Um, Christian McCaffrey got into the end zone. Uh, George Kittle was their leading receiver, five catches for 78 yards. Ayuk, Jennings, those guys really struggled. And McCaffrey only saw three catches in this one uh, through the air. He, of course, did break that long touchdown uh, pass run, 51 uh, yards total in the day for him through the air and, and the score through the air as well. So great game for McCaffrey. I don't think that really surprises anybody. He is kind of hanged up right now, and he's still scoring two touchdowns and going over 100. Um all purpose, but the Niners defense just they kind of struggled in this one. And Purdy, it's 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 tough when you're missing Debo, uh, for sure, because I think Debo's usage allows Ayuk to get so much more open. Uh he missed a couple of catches in this one too, Ayuk, which has happened over the past couple of weeks. I don't it's not really concerning, but he has been dropping it a little bit more. Um, Niners still five and two, not a huge deal, but a huge win for the Vikings in their division, especially because the Lions just dropped a win as well. Um, no way anybody but the Lions wins that division, but for playoff picture and maybe can, you know, considering you're going to get Jettis back at some point, uh, in the next couple of weeks, it's, it's a good win. This is a huge win against a really good Niners team. And we have to give uh, Kirk and the Vikings credit, even though we don't like to do that. Yeah, I agree, especially because it was primetime Kirk, and we all know how that typically goes. Um, so good for him. It did hurt to watch Jordan Addison do that after trading him, but yeah. good for him as well. Um, I'm still a believer in him just because I traded him. Doesn't mean I'm not a believer, but because I did go, I did go and draft him. So that was good to see. Um, as for the Niners, uh, they might screw over the Eagles again and end up getting the uh, well after they complained last year. I guess they didn't screw them over. They just cried a bunch. Um, but the this. Concussion might be what gets, you know, the tush push band here. They showed the the uh, replay I was looking today on Twitter, and they suspect it came during the tush push because a defender yeah. came falling over the top, helmet to helmet. And then there was a guy that got hurt, I guess, two weeks ago at this point, also on the tush push. So these things adding up uh, might get it banned, which would suck for Eagles fans. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure there's another play you can draw up where Jalen Hurts will get you a yard, so you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah there absolutely is. Um, I don't. I don't think that's got to ruin everything that the uh, Eagles do, but we'll see. Okay, um, let's move into picks. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the um, Buffalo Bills tonight. I mean, this is a stinky-ass game. Jeremy, you can start, brother. All righty. Wow. Lucky me. Yeah, terrible. I Big spread, so I know nine and a half, dude. That's terrible. I'm just gonna stick with the bread and butter. The guy that the Bills love, highest target share in the league. Give me Stefan Diggs to score a touchdown. Okay. Um that's I think that's a good 
good bounce here. And then also Mike Evans, if you're if people parlay, I know people like parlays around here. Yeah. I would consider putting both of them together um, as Mike Evans has actually been phenomenal this year, um, even with Baker not being great. But yeah, I'm in on Stefan touchdown. Okay, cool. Um, I will take um, over 43 and a half. I think we're due. Um, I, I know these primetime overs, over-unders are, are disgraceful. They're almost always ending in the under. Uh, I still think that line is too low. I think the Buccaneers are upset with the way they played last week against the Falcons. Uh, I think the Bills are obviously extremely upset losing to the Pats. I think both of these teams come out, uh, score a lot of points. I can see the Bills scoring 30, absolutely, like no question about it. And I think the Bucs uh, at least stay in the game. I don't know if they're going to cover, uh, but I can see two touchdowns from the Bucks too. I mean, their offense is still performing somewhat admirably. Uh, I'll, I'll take the over in that one. Uh, okay, up next, 1 p.m., the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Washington Commanders uh, at FedEx Field. The Eagles are a six-and-a-half point favorite, minus 295 on the money line, over 43-and-a-half, under 43-and-a-half total. Uh, You can give me the Eagles minus six-and-a-half. These games are notoriously very close. Uh, I don't think that matters. I think the last game was really close. This one's going to be a blowout. Uh, I'll take the Birds to win by touchdown. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way with you as well, and then I go back to the whole, are the Commanders going to be good this week or are they going to be bad? I know. The money's all over Philly, too, just so you know. Um, oh, all right. I actually, I like this number as well. I think this number's a little low. I'm going to go over 43 and a half. Um, I mean, the Commanders clearly had the Eagles number on offense last time, so even if they put up 20, the Eagles will go for 28. Probably no problem. So that's that's where I'm going here, over 43 and a half. Okay. Um, cool. I fucked that up. Over 43 and a half total. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, your pick up next Jacksonville versus Pittsburgh. The Jaguars are a two and a half point favorite uh, in Pittsburgh. They're minus 146 on the money line, over under set at 40 and a half. That's another low line, I think. I agree. Um, but I'm going with the free money play. It's been free for weeks now. Uh, give me an ETN touchdown. That guy can't stop scoring. It doesn't matter. If they score seven points or they score 70 points, he's getting in there. Yeah, I'm going to do a zigzag. I'm going to take the Jags minus two and a half. Um, If you just fade the Steelers week in and week out, I think you're probably doing all right right now. Um, If you take them one week and then fade them the next, take them the next week, I think that's a decent strategy. I think they lose this game. Uh, There's no way they should be four and two. I think they go down to four and three this game. Jags strengthen their lead on the AFC South. I will take Jags minus two and a half. Uh, New Orleans versus Indy up next. Uh, the Saints are a one and a half point dog in Indy. Uh, Over under set at 43 and a half. This is a smash spot. I don't like the Saints this year, but I think they win this game. Uh, I will take them on the money line. Saints money line, money line, lock of the week. I love this. That's exactly where I was headed. Um, Saints. This game has Gardner Minshew three interceptions written all over it. Yeah, Stephen, phenomenal. Um, the Colts just got absolutely ransacked on defense by PJ Walker and the Browns. Um, so I mean, the Saints should be able to find some success here. I'm I'm all over the Saints money line as well, baby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Texans versus Carolina up next. 
Uh, the Texans are a three-point favorite going to Carolina. The Texans are minus 164 on the money line, and the over-under set at 43.5. Oh, man. Yeah, this is a weird one. I mean, this is just like a stink fest. Yep. Texans had a bye last week, right? Yes, they did, and they have a great defense, and I was going to go with the Panther, like maybe the over, but the Texans have a really good defense. I'm going to go... Oh, man. What is what is we don't have we don't have player prop lines yet no chance yeah. uh no we don't because our crazy. Past, our defense has been really bad some games and then other games it decides it wants to be good um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go oh God, this is a tough one minus three just give me the Texans minus three I don't know when this game comes around I'm probably not betting on it if we're being honest but no I wouldn't bet on it either. But if I must, I would go with the Texans because the Panthers haven't shown me anything. So. I think I got to go with Texans minus three, too. I think this game's honestly a touchdown game. I don't know why. I think maybe because the Panthers, like, when the offense cooks and when uh, Bryce Young gets the ball to Thielen, they move the ball extremely effectively. But I just I don't think I can see them winning this game outright. I think it's it's definitely around a three point game. If the line was seven, I'd take the Panthers, but I'll go with Texans minus three. I, I, I just have a tough time betting on the Panthers otherwise. Uh okay. LA Rams versus the Dallas Cowboys. Rams currently a six and a half point dog against the Cowboys, plus two fifteen on the money line. Over under set at forty five and a half. You can give me Rams plus six and a half. I love this spot for them. Agreed. Uh, I like the Rams six and a half. And with it only being Thursday and it being six and a half, I wouldn't be surprised by Sunday if we can get it at seven or seven and a half. Yeah, I think it's going to move. Beautiful. Um, This game has Dak disaster class written written all over it. Um, And like we said earlier, are the Rams just here to play spoiler? Well, here's a good spot to play spoiler. So, yeah, I'm in. Give me the Rams plus six and a half. I am going to wait, though, to see if we can get it at seven or seven and a half later in the week. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I would buy the point, but I don't think there's a point right now. I think we wait. You could probably get an extra point if you want to buy it on Sunday. So I'd wait. Uh, okay, Atlanta versus Tennessee. Up next, the Falcons, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Tennessee. Uh, minus 146 on the money line. Over-under set at 35-and-a-half. God, that is low. Um, Titans are sellers right now. Getting rid of a bunch of players. Kevin Byard now to the Eagles. Uh, apparently, Derrick Henry is going to be moving too. That's that's the word on the street. Uh, Jeremy, what do you have in this one? This this line just seems too low for me. The the over under. We're getting Mayo man at quarterback too. Oh, I we're believe. getting Will Levis. Yeah, I believe, I'm hammering I the over. The Mayo man is is stepping in this week at quarterback. Uh, I'm not really sure why. Um, is I don't know if Tan- I guess Tannehill is injured. I don't know. It feels like he always has like a bum leg, like an ankle or a knee or something. He's always banged up because he's 90 years old. Yeah, um, I'm, <laughs> this is hard to even it's say. It's a terrible I, game, man. I think I'm going to go with the under. I think this game might be 10-3. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to go with Falcons money line. Um, money's actually on Tennessee, which is crazy. I don't know if there's sharps on this early or not. Um... I will take Atlanta. Um, actually, I'll take the Falcons minus two and a half. I think they win this game by a touchdown, so uh, I'll I'll take them. That's 
I actually yeah. really like that spot. Man, um, man, I can't believe that. It's a really bad game, too. Uh, okay, the Jets versus the Giants. Uh, Jets currently a three-point favorite. Uh, home game for both teams, so it doesn't matter uh, in terms of that. They think the Jets are three points better. I think I probably agree. Uh, Over-under set at 36.5. Uh, Over-favorited odds are kind of tilted that direction. I'll take Jets minus three. I think last week was a flash in the pan for the Giants. Uh, they're going to have a tough time, uh, I think, establishing the ball through the air. I don't see Waller getting up to the same deeds he did last week. I'll take Jets minus three. I think they win this game easily. Yeah. Um. The Jets have... Have started to impress a little bit. Yeah, um, especially, right. based, especially based on the way they were playing. Um, Tyrod still in, I'm guessing. Yes, sir. As far um, as I know. Yeah. Oh. Ah. Uh, I'm if the jet if we think the Jets run in, I'm going I'm going a Brees touchdown. I wanted to go with the Jets as well, but if the Jets are gonna win, it's gonna be Brees has scored a lot of their touchdowns, so I'm going to go with a brief touchdown because then they can still lose, and hopefully he still scores. But I think the Jets won as well. But I'm, I'm going to go Brees touchdown. Cool. Uh, your pickup next, New England versus Miami. Uh, Pat's going to Miami as a 9.5-point dog. Um, they're plus 350 on the money line. The over-under set at 45.5. Give me the over. Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel's not going to be happy this week. Um, they might go out and go demon mode on offense give me over 45 and a half i mean the patriots might have to score seven points to cover that that total okay um i will take the tyree kill touchdown uh he's not practicing or he didn't practice yesterday hopefully he's he's back to practice today um they bottled him up in the first matchup this year i think that was week two and Tyreek was still able to get into the end zone uh i don't think i think he scored in every game so I, I would expect him to get into the end zone again. I think he does. Um, I'll take. I'll just take Tyreek touchdown. Okay. Your, uh, your favorite uh, Twitter doctor says he expects it to be a Jamar Chase like injury, missing one to four weeks. Really? Is that what he said? Yeah, Mister Mister Jesse Morris, oh, your okay. guy. All right, maybe I won't take Tyreek then. Is that serious? That's what he said. Yeah, I oh, mean, oh my fucking god! I, yeah, I know. And somehow he always does turn out to be somewhat right. Yeah, uh, he is uh, right. All right, never mind. I'll take Dolphins minus nine and a half. Um, fuck me, that's a problem. Okay, Minnesota versus Green Bay up next. Um, the Vikings are a one and a half point favorite against Green Bay. Uh, over under set of forty one and a half games in Green Bay. Uh, my pick: Vikings minus one and a half, no doubt. Actually, yeah. should we just take the fucking first half money line? Well, now we're talking. Yeah, give me that. Yes, that's what. Yes. Okay. Oh, the Vikings Let's are a go. dog. First half money line plus one and a half. Give me it. Oh, my God. Yep. Give me it. I'm in. All right. Hold on. Vikings. One half. Plus one and a half. Yeah, I'll take that, too. What the fuck, man? That's that's very strange. I know the game's in Green Bay, but I don't know. I think that matters. Okay, cool. Uh, that's a snipe. Uh, next game, uh, is this you? Yeah, it's your pick. Yeah. Um, one second. Yeah. There we um, go. Uh, Cleveland Browns, versus Seattle. Yeah. So Browns three and a half point dog plus one sixty four on the money line over under set at thirty eight and a half. 
Oh, this is weird. Hmm. Both teams down a couple weapons. Is DK playing? I'm I'm not sure really. I have no idea. I I'm gonna go with the Browns three and a half. I'm not sure if they necessarily win, but their defense has been keeping them in a lot of games. And Geno Smith, game manager Geno, the way he's been the last couple years, he might he might have some trouble here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Browns plus three and a half. I'm not sure if they win, but I do think it's gonna be a close game, so I'll take the points. Okay. Uh I will Take the. You can give me the Seahawks money line. This game, this game is not something that I would actually bet on. Um, I think Browns plus three and a half is is probably the smart bet. Um, but something about this is telling me in front of a home crowd, the Seahawks go out and impress and win this game. So I'll take Seahawks money line. Don't love it. Wouldn't actually bet it, but uh, that's where I'm at. Okay, Bengals uh, versus the Niners. The Bengals are a three and a half point dog going to San Fran, so east to west. They're plus 140 on the money line, over under set at 43 and a half. Um, money's all over the Bengals. Uh, Darnold's going to be in. Um, <coughs> This is a terrible one. <laughs> you can give me McCaffrey two plus. Oh, I... As much as I hate to do it, you know, we hate the public. Um, I'm going to ride with the public here. Everyone thinks Brock Purdy's just a system quarterback, which something wrong with the system definitely helps him. But you're going to learn what happens when you get someone like Sam Darnold in there playing quarterback. Yeah. I'm going to take the Bengals money line. I think Sam Darnold stink. Um, I do hate him because he played for the Panthers and was also horrible there. So I'm going with the Bengals money line plus 140, even though I am – a closeted Niners fan. Okay, cool. Um, okay, the Ravens versus the Arizona Cardinals up next. Uh, Ravens currently a nine and a half point favorite against the Cardinals in Arizona. Over under set at 44 and a half. Jeremy, who do you have? Yeah, I hate these big spreads, but I think this is one of the few spots where um, you can get away with it. I'm going to go with the Ravens minus nine and a half. Cardinals have been stumbling. Ravens look really, really good against a really good Lions team last week. So I expect them to keep rolling here. Give me the Ravens minus nine and a half. Yeah, you can give me the same thing. No doubt. Uh, Ravens minus nine and a half. Okay. Um, up next, we have the uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs are currently a seven and a half point favorite. Haven't lost a game in six weeks. Um, they're minus 335 on the money line, over under set at 45 and a half going in Denver. Um, I'll take Chiefs minus seven and a half. I hate those big spreads, but this should win by two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna buy the point and go six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, Patrick owns the Broncos and I expect that to continue. So yeah, give me, give me the minus six and a half. Okay. Um, and then second to last game of the week, Chicago versus the Chargers. Uh, Bears currently eight and a half point dog against the Chargers, plus three fifty on the money line. The Bears uh, over under set at forty six and a half. Uh, yeah. Oh God, that game stinks. Yeah, I mean, here we are with another big spread. Um, but I do think this is a come down to earth game for the Bears. I think they're going to learn that their quarterback did play D two college football. Um, and they're not going to be good. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chargers minus eight and a half. I hate these big spreads. I hate that almost all these four o'clock and beyond games are big spreads this week, but I'm yeah. going to go with the Chargers here. 
Okay, I will take an Austin Eckler touchdown. I think he gets into the end zone. Uh, I'm expecting him to uh, be utilized the way that he should be utilized in this one. Uh, so I'll go with uh, Eckler to get in. Uh, and then our final game of the week, the Raiders versus the Lions. The Lions uh, hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are currently an 8.5-point dog. They're plus 310 on the money line. The over-under is set at 45.5. Uh, you can give me the over. I think this is a smash spot. You can see this game being 40-20. Uh, to 20. I don't even think it's going to be like a question. The Lions uh, offense should absolutely carve the Raiders up, and it's at home. Uh, so I can... 100% seeing the over, see the over being a smash spot. I'll take that. I agree. Um, and it does seem like these Monday games are a lot more fun to watch than these Thursday primetime games. Uh, I'm also going to go with the over here. Hopefully we get Jimmy G back. Um, that should help the Raiders offense as well work towards that total. So I'm going to go uh, over as well. Okay. Um. All right. And then locks of the week, Jeremy, where are you at? You have a parlay, you have a straight bet. What do you think? I mean, we went like over last week on them, so we might we might be in the same spot here with our lock of the week. I'm just gonna do a little two legger, just a little two leg parlay. Uh, you know, something a little get right, a little get back action here. I'm taking the Saints money line with the Vikings first half plus one and a half. Okay. Um Beautiful. Uh, I am taking. Kind of hate this. Um, Jets minus three and Rams plus six and a half. Uh, I know that is way outside of the box, uh, and probably not what any of you were expecting from me. Usually, it's a little bit something you know more concrete. But I really like those teams this week. I really like that Rams spot. Um, I was looking at the money on that game earlier. It's kind of split, but a majority of the money on this is, is on the Cowboys spread. So, um, I, I think that's just a great spot for the Rams. So I'll take Jets minus three and Rams plus six and a half. Um, that is everything from us this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod. You can find, um, uh, us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud. Spotify, uh, and Apple Podcasts. Again, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully, games go a little bit better this week than they did last. Uh, and we will talk to you guys all next week. Thanks again.